Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys, as always. <clears throat> it is an honor that you would tune into the radio station, that you would listen to this radio show. And I got to tell you that uh, that over the course of all these years, I've been with the mission 17 years, volunteering way before that. I have always been astounded at the generosity, the caring, and the concern of of all of you folks. You know, we often think that it is just a matter of how many dollars are coming into the coffers, and that's not it at all. Of course, we need money to run the mission, and you guys have been so generous over the years to help us out every time we've needed it, and even when things were looking up, and as they are still looking up. And I have had the opportunity to pray with many of you and visit with some of you, and and I've been honored that you will write and you will say, hey, I'm praying for you and uh, praying for the mission. And certainly the mission has come up against opposition over the years, and we've had our travails and we've had our moments when uh, the the donations weren't quite as good as they are now. But one thing that we've always maintained is trying to keep our focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ and not take our eyes off of it, not, not trying to run ahead or fall behind what God has for us and not panic when things are not looking the way that they should. I am recalling a time when we lost a very big food supplier that supplied wonderful stuff, just all kinds of stuff to us, from steaks to hamburger meat to everything, and they were just wonderful. And then because uh, they joined a group and we were outside of their county, they could no longer help us. And so it was a little worrisome that, you know, we're going to have to supplement this, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Well, it wasn't very long Matter of fact, not at all, before somebody else uh, stepped up, another big company, and started donating to us. And yes, the stuff wasn't quite as fancy. It wasn't, you know, quite as uh, robust, busk, but um, the bottom line came down to that it supplied our needs. And really, truthfully, God has never promised that that we're going to have, you know, always just the very best on our plate, but we've always been able to keep the doors open. And that's God, and that's you guys who are moved by God's heart to give to us. And so I appreciate it. Now, you might be thinking, is he about to hit me up for money? And the answer is no, I'm I'm not about to hit you up for money. Because right now we've been doing uh, very well. We've been able to to start and finish the first third of our project at the mission to completely overhaul the old building to give the homeless and to give our pro, uh, program guys something that is more than just secondhand, and you've heard me talk about it. And it cost a lot of money to get all that done, and God supplied that. And God supplied that through you guys. 
And now we'll be moving on to the second and to the third uh, part of that. And still the donations are good and they're coming in steady and all those things. Yeah, we always need your donations. However, I wanted to let you all know that your faithfulness has kept it to where we don't have to come on and say, gee, you know, we're going to lose this program. We're going to lose that, uh, you know, ability to do thing. We're going to have to cut back on the amount of program guys or the services we offer. In the 17 years that I've been on board, we have never needed to do that. As a matter of fact, when I first got here, there was a radio advertisement because we had lost like 25% of, uh, you know, people had, uh, you know, the economy had dropped that badly. And so we were losing some of the donations that we came in, but not like everybody else. And so uh, the ad said, hey, you know, we've lost 25% of our revenue. We may have to cut some programs. And uh, I called the radio station at the time and I said, well, I can't do this because it's really not true. And it wasn't their fault. They really thought that we were 25% down, which we were not. So I rewrote the advertisement to thank all of you guys. And since then, uh, we have never run an ad. We ask for donations for Christmas and Easter and all those things and for programs and matching funds. We ask those things, but if you notice... There's never that fear behind it of, of, well, if you don't donate, we're going to have to stop doing something because it's not true. We are, we are solvent and we are doing well. And I guess the whole reason for me starting the program this way is because every day I'm grateful to God for what he has done for me personally and for the mission. And I'm grateful all the time for what you guys have done. And I think that, you know, so many of you are regular donate, uh, give regular donations and it doesn't matter whether it's $500 a month, $5 a month, or, or you just give $5 when you can. It, it doesn't matter. The heart behind it is that you want to help. And I think that oftentimes you never hear a thank you unless it's with an appeal for more money. And so I wanted to thank you without an appeal for more money. (laughs) And I wanted to tell you that it is really, really true that the gospel in the center of our name is, that is what I care about. I care about that men and women and boys and girls are going to hear the unvarnished truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God's Almighty hand will draw those to his side and that we will live our lives as truly Christ had intended us to live. You see, I see in our world today a lot of panic. I see in our world a lot of hand-wringing. And unfortunately, I also see it amongst our people who are claiming the name of Christ. And It is my prayer that the church will be strengthened no matter what happens to the mission, to our individual buildings. Even if the world should come against us and the devil and all his minions, 
we know that God has guaranteed the outcome, that one day we will stand before that great throne of grace and we will hear him say, welcome into your rest, my good and faithful servants. Even though I know I have not been good or faithful all the time. So it was lunchtime today, and uh, one of our teachers at the mission, she's also the development director, was teaching a women's class before our women's clothes closet, and she had decided to go with the prodigal uh, son, the parable of the prodigal son. And so consequently, we were talking about it and the illustration of it. And I know what you're saying right now. Some of you are going, oh, not the prodigal son. I hear this so many times. Well, I don't know how many times you've heard it, but of course it's a beautiful illustration of God's grace to us and his mercy that this young man who spent all his inheritance, you know, took everything he had, he went out and he he used it on riotous living and all the kinds of things you ought not do until he finally came to the end of himself and the end of his finance. And so this prodigal son who was feeding the pigs got up out of the pig pen and, and he rehearsed what he was going to say and he ran back to the father and he begged the father, you know, at least that was his intention. I've sinned against heaven and earth. I've sinned against you. And and uh, I am not worthy to be a son. And, and all the things that he said and meant. And what he didn't realize is that the father had many times stood outside watching to see when this prodigal would return. God is waiting for those who are already his children to realize that they need to come back home. And so the father runs to him and greets him and this dirty, smelly kid hanging out with the pigs. He's, he's got his own robe that he throws around him and he puts a signet ring on and he kills the fatted calf and he has a barbecue. And I'm, they didn't call it a barbecue, but hey, I've got to relate to us, right? And he has a party for all his kids' friends. And so we know those parables. We know what a beautiful illustration that is. And I think sometimes we fail to look at the older son. You know, the older son, uh, he is angry and he tells his dad, you know, you never did any of this for me. You never killed a fatted calf for my friends. And I've always been here. And the father tries to explain to him that, hey, you've always been with me. You know, I, 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 I understand that you're there, but your brother was lost. I mean, he was adrift. He was gone. You were here with me. You know, we were, had this loving family relationship. Yes, I know. I'm adding those words in there. But the bottom line came down to <clears throat> that the older brother was filled with envy, and he was filled with anger, and he was filled with all the things that he ought not have been because his heart wasn't right either. The younger son took off and spent his inheritance where he ought not spend it, but guess what? The older brother let his heart become bitter. He never offered to go look for the brother. 
He never said, hey, you know what? My brother is really grieving my father, and and he's out there somewhere, and I'm going to go and see if I can talk sense into him. And I'm, I'm not talking about dragging him back. I'm talking about he never, he never once said, well, you know what? Let me go see the prodigal son, explain to him that he's still part of the family. He's still my brother. I still love you. It uh, doesn't matter what you've done. But if you're willing to come back and you're repentant, come back with me. You know, I'll take you back. I'll pay for you to get back. But he didn't do that. There's no place that talks about him praying for his brother. There's no place where he's understanding the grieving process that his father is going through. Surely he might be envious and angry at the younger brother, but he's also angry at the father for whatever reason. And now Jesus, well, Jesus, <laughs> now the, the father is standing there waiting for the younger son, and the younger son comes running down. He greets him, throws his arms around him. He does all those things that we talked about. And yet the older brother is angry. He's angry because that's not how it should have been. I've been here all this time, and I've done all this. And so my question for us is, Aren't we that guy too? Aren't we that older brother? And what did it say about the older brother? What did it say about the son? And the reality is that that Jesus was trying to tell us not just about the prodigal son's ability to come back and the father's love for the prodigal son, but the father's love for that other brother too and for that other brother who who was so angry that he couldn't see past his own pride and his own prejudice that, hey, what a happy thing this is. Look how happy my father is. Look, my brother is back. And look at my brother. My brother is actually humble. I mean, he... he he is dirty and smelly, and he came not asking for anything, but just to be part of the family. What should have his, his place been? His place should have been one of celebration, too. Thank heavens, my brother who was lost is back. My brother who was blind can see again. Jesus spoke much about our relationship with our brothers. Jesus told us that, you know, you've committed murder if you're angry with your brother and you, you, you hate your brother. You've already committed murder. He told us to love our neighbors as ourselves. You know, of course, he said, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. But he also said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so it goes without saying that if you are to love your, your neighbor as yourself, you certainly should be able to love your brother. And he addressed that too. You know, if you can't even love the brother you can see, how are you going to do any of the other things? How are you going to love God who you can't see? How are you going to love your neighbor who isn't close to you like your brother. How are you going to do those things? It talks time and time again about our relationship with God. And so the older brother, 
could see very clearly the sins of the younger brother, but he couldn't see his own sins. He couldn't see his own downfall. He couldn't see that he was he was not only violating what God had in store, but he was violating he, the love that he was supposed to have, not only for his brother, but for his father as well. And so my question, I guess, for all of us today is, when do we drive down the street and we see the homeless and we see that, that many of them are arrogant, many of them are disrespectful, many of them are, are putting up uh, you know, shanties and things uh, around our neighborhoods. We greet them on the street and they seem mean sometimes, and so we're angry. And I wonder how many of us, when somebody comes off of the street, goes on to a program, goes on to our program, repents of the way that they were living, humbles themselves before God, comes to that knowledge of Jesus Christ that God had called them to be. How many of us are the older brothers? How many of us say, what, that's not fair. I've served my whole life. And, and this guy comes in, and maybe he dies six months later, and, and he gets to go to heaven too? That doesn't seem right. Well, it only seems wrong because our hearts are wrong. We should celebrate every single time somebody passes from death to life. We should pray not only for our families, for ourselves, but for those that we don't know, can't see. And, you know, I think that one of the things that it does when we fail to do that, it, it, bitters, it embitters our heart. It causes us to be angry, and it causes us to be resentful, and it, it I believe, causes us to be fearful, too. When we humble ourselves before the Lord and we can start to look with the eyes of Jesus instead of the eyes of the Pharisees, then we can be set free to know God's love and to know that he has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. We know that God will speak deep into our hearts and that in the end, of all things, no matter what happens here, that God has surrounded us with his wings. He has graced us with his salvation. He has paid the price that we could certainly never pay on our own. He has cloaked us in his son's righteousness. And as Paul David Tripp said, and many other pastors, I, I happen to read his devotional on a regular basis, uh, he's a wonderful guy, and a, he's, he is a superb writer and a man that's deep in the faith. But, uh, you know, he has many times pointed out to us that, we, that God loves us no more on the best day we ever had than on the worst day we ever had. And his love for us isn't diminished when we're in Christ because of this thing that we do or that thing we do, but 
the reciprocal being that our hearts want to be seeking to do what pleases God, not out of a sense that we can earn our salvation because we can't, but out of a sense of love and gratitude for a father who who did all the work that needed to be done to save us from an eternal damnation. And yes, I know that sounds like old-time preachers, hellfire and brimstone, but I'd rather use the word hellfire and brimstone and art of darkness than have any of you actually go there. So I just want us to take into our hearts, and again, I, I want to thank you guys always for what you do. You just you amaze me with your generosity. And I want for my life, I want to know Christ a little bit more every day. You know, from the very beginning when I was home with COVID and my wife had passed away, the prayer was the same. Help me to love you. Talking of of God, of course, with my whole mind, my whole heart, my whole soul, and my whole strength as well. And I am far from those lofty goals, but that's where I want to be. I, I want to be able to serve God. I want to be able to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. I am grateful every day where I'm at. And yes, sometimes I have asked myself, is it time for a younger man to take over? God has not said that to me yet. When that time comes, I will graciously step aside, I hope, and listen to the word of God and, and, and go. I want to have that childlike love of Jesus Christ. And you guys have heard this story, I think, before, and I've only got a couple of minutes, but it's the story of a little boy playing in the sand, and he's building sand castles, and all the time the waves are crashing closer and closer, and finally the waves overtake the sand castles, and they wash them back out to sea. But instead of crying, he just looks up, giggles, takes his father's hand, and they go home. Well, we build our lives of corporate, uh, corporate things, and we, we build businesses and relationships, and we build all these things, and we're also building them in sand. And every day life says, I'm coming to get your castle. Every day it says, I'm getting closer. But my question is, when that time comes, when our castles are taken, when our, our plans have been destroyed, can we, like the little boy, giggle, look up, see our father take his hand and go home? Because that's what I want for me. And you know what? That's what I want for you guys too. And I'm not your pastor, but I, I'm your friend. And I can tell you that I love Jesus, and I can tell you that the mission will always stand for the gospel no matter what opposition comes against it. So we only have 30 seconds left, so let me just do it one more time. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do, have done, and will do. And we will keep you apprised. Go on our website. And as always, until we meet again, my friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. 
listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.